Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Tashina. That was not scripted. So thank you for, for bailing me out there. Um, good morning again, my NLH family. And um, I'm excited about this work today. And, and I pray, as I said earlier, I pray that it will minister to you as the Lord intends for it to minister to you. So I want to give us, um, to share with, with you all today, a little background on how chicks are hatched. And uh, as I share, I, I want you to note that what I'm gonna share is based on reading that I've done, but there are some exceptions. So, so this is not written in stone, but I think the, the analogies will be useful as I share. So laying eggs are a natural function for hens. Uh, unless there's some kind of defect or disease or something that prevents them from laying. And hens will lay their eggs whether or not they have mated with a rooster. So it doesn't take a rooster to create an egg. A hen that has not mated will lay eggs, but those eggs will not have the potential to become chicks. There's no embryo that will form inside of those eggs. A hen that mates with a rooster will have its eggs fertilized and the egg that is laid, if it is incubated by the hen, can hatch into a chick. But for this to happen, it requires what is called a broody hen, B-R-O-O-D-Y. When a hen is broody, it means that she has mated with a rooster, she has laid fertilized eggs, and her maternal instincts have kicked in. Her hormones are surging and telling her that it is time to sit on and hatch some eggs. So the difference between a hen that lays unfertilized eggs and a broody hen is the broody hen, once she lays her eggs, will focus on hatching those eggs. She will not lay any more eggs until the completion of the incubation period. So a hen that is not, has not fertilized, has, whose eggs have not been fertilized rather, will keep on laying eggs. But the hen who has laid fertilized eggs, her primary focus is to sit on those eggs until they hatch into chickens. The scripture I want to read this morning, two passages of scripture. And I think these passages will lay the foundation for where it is I want to go today. The first is coming from Genesis 2, verses 1 to 2, and reading from the NIV. And the second is from Genesis 15, reading from verse 1 to 6. And it reads as follows. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Genesis 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. I'll stop at verse five. Thank you. Abraham, as we know, formerly known as Abraham, is perhaps one of the most referenced Bible characters when it comes on to purpose being fulfilled. God's promise to Abraham was made from the time he was called to leave his homeland at age 75. At age 99, the promise still had not yet been fulfilled. Abraham sat on his egg for 25 years in order to hatch Isaac. 
my topic to you this morning is hatching purpose. Hatching purpose. Abraham knew what God's promise to him was. And though nothing was yet evident, he knew what his egg was and he was determined for it to hatch. Like Abraham, for you to hatch, you must know your egg, be in the right environment to hatch your egg, protect your egg, and stay the course. So the, quest, the first question I want to ask you this morning is, what is your egg? All of us are created by God with purpose. All of us are innately created to give birth to something. Abraham was purposed to be the father of nations, but that could not have become a reality if he was not yielded to God's will. What we produce is dependent on the extent to which we are yielded to God. For the hen to lay eggs and for those eggs to hatch, she has to allow the rooster to fertilize the embryo in her. For the, sorry, to fertilize the, the, the egg in her. For the believer, there comes a time when God will decide, okay, it's now time to fertilize what I have already placed on the inside of you. The time will come when we'll not just be laying regular eggs, but the time will come or has come where we'll be laying, we will be laying hatching eggs. Eggs that have been laid and have the potential to develop into baby chicks. It is a fertilization that will enable us to bear maximum potential as God intends us to. And the issue is that there are too many Christians who are looking through worldly lens and not a spiritual lens. We see so many around us who are laying eggs and we go as far as to even count the number of eggs that they're laying and how often they lay. We measure success and growth by their level of production, whether it is job, money, family, children, marriage, ministry, whatever it is, whatever fits the bill. And when we do that, we're tempted to feel like we're underachievers because we're not at their level of egg production. We're sticking with the egg analogy. But what we miss is the difference between their eggs and our eggs. Our eggs are fertilized and intended to develop into chicks. What is your egg? What is on the inside of your egg that is waiting to be hatched? Their eggs are not fertilized and will only be eggs. Just eggs that the farmer will sell and we eat or whatever. But when we recognize the type of eggs that we're laying and that those eggs have the potential inside of them to become what God desires for them to become, then our perspective changes. Recall I mentioned earlier that when a, lay, a, a hen lays eggs, she becomes broody. And it is at that time that she will sit on her eggs for them to hatch. She knows that her sitting on the eggs is crucial to those chicks breaking out of their shell. And sitting on those eggs is essentially, she's incubating. She's an incubator for those eggs. She would have laid the eggs earlier, but her maternal instincts tell her that that, that is not the end. The end of this process is not just me laying the eggs. The end is to see that the shell cracks and the chick that is developing on the inside of this egg comes out. So what is your egg? What is it that you know that you have pushed out? What is it you know that God has put in you? You have caught a glimpse of it, but it has not yet hatched. You see the egg, but like the hen, the broody hen, you know your egg is not the end. There's a chick that is inside of your egg that needs to break out. There's an Isaac that was waiting to be born. And for that to happen, it took over 25 years. And it also took Abraham being in the right position 
for that to happen. For that chick to break out of your egg, it needs to be in the right environment. An environment where you are positioned right in God. Like Abraham, that environment will often come through relocation. So after identifying what your egg is, many of us may know what our egg is. I want us to spend some time now on this question. Are you willing to yield to the changes God will make to create the right environment for your egg to develop? So my second point to you this morning is embrace relocation. When a hen is broody and ready to incubate her eggs, the farmer needs to decide the best environment for those eggs and the, the hen. Oftentimes, broody hens are separated from the flock. And why is it necessary to separate them? It's necessary to avoid distractions and it's also necessary for safety. Roosters can be a distraction when a hen is brooding. A rooster may want to mate when the hen is brooding, but the main purpose of the hen is to sit on those eggs until they hatch. In the right season, the rooster was necessary because that is what fertilized the eggs. But when the hen lays those eggs, her focus changes. Her focus is not about mating anymore. And so it is with us. In times past, we may have been in relationships, we may have had jobs, even ministries, because they were necessary at that time for our development. They were necessary at that time in our lives. They were important in preparing us for where we are now. However, God will bring separation from what was comfortable and easy. And he will even bring separation from those who were close to in order to fulfill his purpose. We see in Genesis 12 that when God struck Pharaoh's house with a plague, it was because he took Sarah into his household because she and Abraham had lied that she was his sister. Verse 16 says Abraham, sorry, Abraham at the time was treated well because of Sarah and he acquired a lot of animals. He got wealthy, but God knew that what he had for Abraham could not be hatched in Egypt. So he had to bring separation. He had to separate Abraham from Egypt. Egypt was not the right incubator for Abraham's eggs. Has there been a relocation in your life? Have you considered that maybe, just maybe, where you were was not the right incubator? How about relationships? God will bring separation in our relationships to foster the right environment for our eggs. And we see it with Abraham again, with his nephew Lot in Genesis 13. Both of them had flock, herd, tents, and at that time the land where, where they were was not enough to support both of them. So their herdsmen began to quarrel and, and to keep the peace, Abraham said, you know what? You go east, I go west. If you go north, I'll go south. And so he made Lot, Lot pick where he wanted to go and he, Abraham, went in, went in the opposite direction. Relocation and separation was necessary to get Abraham to where God wanted him to be. Relocation and separation may be necessary for you, for you to be where God wants you to be. With the hens, after the relocation, the farmer will block the hens access to the familiar space. A space that could cause the eggs to be trampled on by other chickens or a space where hens that are not broody will distract the broody hen. If this separation and blocking the hen from that former space, the familiar space is not done, she will naturally want to run back to that familiar environment. God is walling you off, putting barriers around you to say to you, I have fertilized what is on the inside of you and you have laid 
but now it is time to hatch, but you cannot hatch in your current environment. Will you yield to the relocation or will you be stubborn? For some hens, and I want you to catch this, for some hens, depending on their nature, the farmer may use chicken wire or wood, some will use cardboard boxes, some may even go as far as putting the nest against a concrete wall and fencing it in. What the farmer does, how the farmer fences the hen in depends on the personality of the hen. So if it's a stubborn hen, the barriers are stronger. If it's not a stubborn hen, then they may use cardboard or something that will contain them, but the, the hen is not going to fight to get out. How God chooses to separate you depends on you. If you are a stubborn hen and more inclined to go back to what is familiar, then your fencing may be more secure than somebody who is not stubborn. Seemingly everywhere you turn, you hit a barrier. That's how you feel. God, everywhere I turn, I turn left, I hit a barrier. I turn right, I hit a barrier. Everything I try, which used to work before, is failing. Why? Because God is saying, I have relocated you and it is time to sit and hatch. Stop fighting the relocation. Some of us as Christians were too short-sighted. And instead of seeing it as a relocation, we see it as a dislocation. We feel like and act as if God has disrupted our lives. And the mistake that we make is to think that the relocation should be comfortable. The new environment should be accommodating. The new environment should be trouble-free. But guess what? The new location, the new environment may look like what we consider a downgrade. It may look like a step back. But it is a space that will test how you respond when you suffer lack. It's a space that will test how you respond when you are ridiculed. It's a space that will test how you will respond when you feel offended. It's a space that will test how you manage anger. It's a space that will test, are you really bearing the fruit of the spirit? It's a space where you have to choose whether you will run back to the familiar and the comfortable or declare over yourself when facing adversity, I will dwell in the secret place of the most high and I choose to abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. So no matter what, how, how it looks around me, this is the declaration that I'm choosing to make instead of wanting to go back to what is familiar and comfortable. It's a space that will test what you do with little. Will you still prioritize God and give to his work being done, your tithe, your offering? Or will you in this space of little, decide that God will get the leftovers. That is what this new relocation is doing. The re relocation that is so often despised and undesired is intended to develop us. It's intended to develop in us, not only what we will need to thrive in the broody season, but it is developing in us what we will need to handle that which will be hatched from our eggs. Too many Christians want to see a mature chicken and experience everything that comes with that without the preparation. A few weeks ago, I spoke on humility. And in that, I shared how the Lord told me that I needed to ask someone for something that they took back from me. They'd given it to me to help me, and they took it back from me. Something that I needed, something that benefited me, but because of something that happened, the person took it back. When the Lord showed me that it was pride, why I did not ask the person back for it? I had to humble myself and ask for it. The person said that they would get back to me. I asked, and the person said that they would get back to me. After I asked, I felt like, okay, Lord, I was obedient. If they don't give it to me, well, so be it. I did what you wanted me to do. Weeks passed and I heard nothing from the person. 
And I remember sensing that I needed to ask the person if they considered it, but I didn't want to ask them. And I told the Lord, I remember clearly telling the Lord, I said, Lord, please do not humiliate me by letting me ask them again. But I did not sense the Lord was saying not to ask. So again, I had to humble myself and ask. And the person said, no. Was that pleasant? No, but I was obedient. But you know what is interesting? The Lord revealed to me after the first experience, after sharing on, on humility, he said, in that message I said, I asked the question as I shared, you know how much humility it took to ask the person for this thing? That is what I said in the message. You can go back and listen to it. And the Lord said to me, by virtue, note what I said, you know how much humility it took. The Lord said to me, by virtue of that question, what I was doing was quantifying humility. I was saying there is a measure to humility. What the Lord revealed to me was that humility is humility. You're either humble or you're not. There are no degrees to humility. And so in thinking that I had to muster up so much humility to do this means that I'm not where I need to be. Likewise, as I was preparing this message, and I said it earlier, that I to ask the person again meant that I had to humble myself and talk to them. This time the Lord said to me, if you had to humble yourself again, you're still not where you need to be. What am I saying to you this morning, NLH? The Lord has me in this place where my environment has changed. For a time, I despised the relocation because I felt like it was this, this location. But I'm going through things that I never did before because I need to be prepared to be a good mother hen to the chicks that are about to break out of my eggs. I cannot be the same kind I was in the old environment because that kind would kill, would kill the chicks before they even got to maturity. That kind will be too prideful to handle the blessings that God is getting ready to break out of my eggs. So, to, to, so, so in order to prepare me for the chicks that are coming, God has to keep me in that new environment and expose me to me. That's what he's doing. He's exposing me to me. He's exposing the pride. He's exposing the thoughts that reveal that I think I can measure humility. He's revealing to me that humility is a lifestyle. It's not an on-call experience as situations arise. Okay, I need to do this, so let me be humble. Okay, I need to deal with that, so I need to be No, no, no. Humility is a lifestyle. And if I was living a life of humility, I would never consider being humiliated. It would never even cross my mind, Lord, don't humiliate me by making me ask him again. Because I would be living a lifestyle of humility. So what am I saying in all of this? God has you where you are for as long as you need to be there to prepare you for what he's getting ready to break out of your eggs. It's a space where you get to decide instead of responding from your feelings you will instead declare Colossians 3.12. As God's chosen child, I will clothe myself in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is the space where your true character is being revealed and what needs to be addressed if you yield to God. And God by his Holy Spirit will help you. Too many of us want our eggs to be hatched in public. We want the big stage. We want the fanfare. We want the cheers, not realizing that the environment that we're in will consume us if we're not mature. So God needs to relocate us. The, and the desire for the big things can apply to any number of things. It can apply to job, finances, businesses, relationships. We want the promotion, we want the spouse, we want the thriving business, we want the bigger ministry. Yet we're not willing to embrace the relocation that God does to prepare us for the chickens, the chicks that are coming. Too often, 
as Christians, when we begin to experience something uncomfortable, we blame Satan, we rebuke the enemy. We give too much credit to Satan. He cannot touch us unless God allows it. And if God allows it, there is purpose in it. So let us stop rebuking and praying things away and start asking God, Lord, what do you want me to learn in this? God exposed me to me so I know how to pray and what to be intentional about working on. We cannot afford to miss what God is doing with us in our respective seasons, in the relocation, and let us not resist it. If you sense the Lord is saying it is time to hatch what you have laid, are you willing, despite the discomfort, despite the inconvenience, despite the unfamiliar environment, are you willing to accept the relocation? I want you to ponder that. And what happens after the relocation? After the farmer has relocated the eggs and the hen, the hen's job is now to sit on those eggs until they hatch. And for the hen to hatch the eggs, it requires guarding the eggs. So my third point to you this morning is, are you guarding your eggs? A broody hen will not be in her usual active, curious mode. She will stay camped out on a nest. If she's approached by humans or other animals, she will puff up her feathers and she'll get very defensive. And she will even peck at intruders. And the purpose of sitting on the eggs and defending the eggs is to ensure that nothing interferes with the hatching process. If it is too cold, catch this, if it is too cold, the hen will often pick out her breast feathers so that the heat from her body is passed through to the eggs. The hen means business and she will protect her eggs at all costs. And we see this with, with, with Paul in Colossians 11, 22 to 27 and the life that Paul lived. He suffered greatly for the sake of the gospel. He had a mission to evangelize and he was determined to complete his mission no matter what. He was imprisoned repeatedly. He was flogged. He was exposed to death time and time again. He received 39 lashes five times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was pelted with stones. He was shipwrecked three times. All these things Paul went through because he was determined to hatch his eggs. These are some of the most powerful examples we see in the New Testament of a believer pushing through hardship to give life to purpose. Are you as determined as Abraham and Paul to guard your eggs? A broody hen will stay camped out on a nest for typically 21 days. 21 days is a normal incubation period. Are you camped out and determined and purposeful in seeing life come to what God has given you? Are you like Paul willing to be flogged, imprisoned, mistreated because you have dug your heels in and you are determined to not abort your mission? Or like Abraham, are you willing to sacrifice the very son who was promised to you because you so trust God that you will do anything that he asks? When a hen is not broody, she's busy walking around, pecking here, pecking there, distracted by all kinds of things, getting into all kinds of stuff, distracted by her environment. But when she's broody, distractions mean nothing to her. Are you laser focused like the hen or are you distracted? Is your time and, and energy being spent on things that you have no part in doing? You ought not to be doing. They have no, they play no part in full, full, fulfilling your God-given purpose. Are you pecking here, pecking there, dabbling in this, trying that? You know fully well that what you're doing is not what God wants for you, but you're pursuing it anyhow. Are you chasing after worldly things and not pursuing the things of God? Are you running from the mission that God has called you to? 
if that is you, the Lord is calling you back to your nest this morning. If you have been purposeful, determined, watchful, the Lord is saying, keep on keeping on. Do not be discouraged. Do not lose heart. Yes, you see the eggs. You remember the pain of birthing those eggs, pushing out those eggs. You remember the pain of pushing out what God had allowed to grow inside of you. You started that business. You accepted that job. You started that Bible study group. You started that ministry. You were open to that relationship. Or it could be that you walked away from that job. You walked away from that relationship. You walked away from that business. Whatever you identify with that you did in obedience to what God was saying. I want you to be encouraged this morning, even if you may feel stuck. You started it, but you feel stuck. Yes, you see the egg. You did what you needed to do. You see that thing that is there, but it is seemingly dormant. But yet you know deep down that there is life inside of it. But you keep wondering, when will the chicks break out? You're wondering sometimes, is there really life in the shell or has it died? Is there really a chick in there? Is your sitting on that egg a waste of time? I'm here to tell you this morning, no. Be encouraged. The process may seem long. It may seem like your eggs are not hatching, but just hold on a little bit longer. Yes, you're enduring a lot by just sitting, but your sitting is protecting and safeguarding that mission, that vision, that destiny, that purpose that God has for you. Recall the definition that says, when I said a hen becomes aggressive when anyone or any animal approaches the nest. Why? Because she knows that her eggs are delicate. When a hen gets off her eggs, she leaves them vulnerable. Hawks will attack, foxes in some places will attack, or in our Jamaican context, the mongoose will attack. Sometimes children may even be passing bands and throw stones to try and get the, the, the hen to move. The mongoose will pace and threaten the hen. The sacrifice of sitting on the egg may mean doing without. What do I mean by that? When a hen is not broody, she can roam all about, but when she's broody, she leaves the, the nest just long enough to eat and drink water and then she returns. Just moves away long enough to, be, to, to get the sustenance, to be able to keep sitting on those eggs and she's back to her mission. She lives on bare minimum during that incubation period. And it may be the same for you. You have walked away from a lot. You have given up so much in order to protect that divine purpose and to fulfill your destiny. But you're now survi surviving on bare minimum, just enough to make it to the next day. The sacrifice is great, but I'm encouraging you this morning, stand your ground, sit on your eggs. The brute determination in the hen to hatch the chicks will sometimes, as I said, cause her to pick out her feathers. She will become pale. She may lose weight. In the hot weather, she may become dehydrated. It's self-sacrificial, but she's willing to give up a part of herself to see the chicks break out. However, that applies to you this morning. Be encouraged. You may have sacrificed a lot to walk in obedience to what God is calling you to do or has called you to do. You have walked away from people who you felt were safe haven or provided security, but that was necessary for you to be able to sit on your eggs in the season you are in now. It is not in vain. God's purpose is being developed 
and will soon break out of that chick. Keep on holding on. Keep safeguarding your nest. It would be a tragedy if we go through all that we go through and realize that we're sitting on the wrong eggs. Think about that. Eggs that did not come from you. You go through all of that, sitting, the self-sacrifice, trying to catch something from an egg that God did not give you. You did not yield to what, what God was doing in you. And so you opted to do it your way. And what I found interesting while studying the subject is that the hen that lays the eggs does not necessarily have to be the hen that sits on them to hatch. Any broody hen can sit on eggs that are fertilized and those eggs will hatch. What am I saying? Instead of sitting on the eggs that God fertilized in you, and the eggs that you laid. You have opted to go sit on eggs that you did not lay. You choose to chase after something that God did not give you. Your effort and your time are spent on things that are not God, are not fulfilling God's purpose. And yes, you may be saved, but you are running from what God is calling you to do. In the natural, a man has no obligation to support a child that he did not father. Likewise, God has no obligation to watch over eggs that he did not fertilize and have you lay. Do not spend your time running from your God-given purpose. Do not spend your time and energy sitting on eggs that were not yours in the first place. So, so far my focus has been on hens that are individually broody. In other words, the brood hen is separated individually and each hen has its own little coop. And the farmer separates them so that they can hatch privately in their own space. But I want to, I want to spend some time on a different perspective this morning in the context of the church. There is also a need in farming and also in the context of the church for communal hatching communal hatching to give life to what is intended for the body of Christ. And it is equally important for us to guard our eggs as a church. God has fertilized eggs that we have laid as the church body NLH, and they are ready to be hatched. It is his will that everything that he has placed in his body is birthed and comes to maturity. And he has positioned us to partner with him for this to happen. And so we're all assigned an egg to sit on, or eggs to sit on. If we abandon our position, God will not allow his purpose to go unfulfilled. So you may abandon your position, but what will happen is that God will position somebody else to sit on what was intended for you because he will not allow his purpose to go unfulfilled. That hen that has been positioned to sit on what was intended for you will have the pleasure of seeing those eggs hatch and have the pleasure and the joy of contributing to the growth of the body. But you would have missed an opportunity to partner with God in his work. As NLH, the objective is for the church to incubate the eggs that God has given us. In some cases, like I, I just said, hens may be assigned specific eggs to sit on, but there are also some times where the objective is to hatch the eggs and it doesn't matter so much which hen sits on which eggs. And so again, a communal effort is required. And so what I'm saying this morning to us as a body of Christ is that we should all be broody and ready to sit on some eggs. But in this, in this communal setting, discernment is especially critical. And this point that I want to make is best explained by reading a question that I found 
while researching this. And the question was asked on the website backyardchickens.com. And this person wrote, help, I have a broody situation. One hen decided she was going to hatch eggs that the whole flock had laid. So I let her. A little more than halfway through, another hen decided she was going to help and they've had no problems sitting on the eggs together. Well, a chick hatched a couple of days ago and after watching the coop video, it turns out that the helper hen decided to kill the baby chick. The two hens continued to sit on the eggs. Now another hen is sitting on the eggs. So there are three hens that are sitting on all the hens, the eggs that they, 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 the flock laid. And one of the hens killed a chick that was hatched. The question I want to ask is, do you see the problem with community hatching? Some persons will be happy to sit in church and help you hatch, but their motive is not to nurture, but rather to kill what is hatched. Not everyone who appears to be a helper means good. And so we have a responsibility as the universal body of Christ and also as the specific body of NMH to pray for each other as we guard our eggs as a church. Pray that each and every one of us will yield to what, is, to, to what God is doing in us and has been revealing to us that need to be addressed in us. We have to be responsive to the word, to the teachings, to the correction that the Lord has been bringing to us as his body. If we fail to do so, we risk becoming destiny killers instead of destiny helpers. The farmer has a choice. The one who asked the question, he has a choice. He can either move the broody hens with the eggs or move the hen that he identified to be the chick killer and allow the rest of the flock to hatch the eggs. The eggs. God may choose to remove some chick killers. So let us pray that we're not chick killers. Let us pray that we're not destiny killers. We're not purpose killers, but rather we're destiny helpers. There are some who may play the role of churchgoer very well, fitting seamlessly, seemingly dutiful and diligent, but ultimately they hate to see destiny being birthed. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray that we respond to what the Lord is saying to us. And the Lord told me yesterday as I, I, I finished preparing this, that he's getting ready to expose some chick killers and he's going to remove those chick killers if they do not respond to what he wants to do in them. He will not allow you to kill the life which NLH is positioned to hatch and nurture. And in this, he reminded me of the vision statement of NLH, which is to give new life. So let us remember that this morning. My fourth and final point is to encourage us to stay the course. I said earlier that the normal hatching period, the normal incubation period for eggs is 21 days. And so it is expected that by that time, the chicks will start breaking out of their shells. But if the eggs do not hatch within the 21 days, I found this interesting. The hen will not get up and walk away she will continue to sit on the eggs. And what struck me is that it has been recorded that hens sit on eggs up to seven weeks. That's 49 days. Remember, it's supposed to be 21 days. That is two times the length of time that it is supposed to take. And that may be the case with you. Like Abraham, your egg is taking long to hatch. People start to ridicule you and say, but how come you're serving God so long and not now go on? What, 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 what's happening? They mock you and they jeer you because you're sticking with what God has called you to do. 
The truth is whether or not we like it, oftentimes we watch over our God-given purpose. And in that watch, as we watch over our God-given purpose rather, we will face ridicule. Somebody will think that we're foolish from walking away from that old environment. Somebody will want to question why God would choose to use you. Somebody would want to belittle you and suggest that, no, you're not worthy of such a calling. Somebody is, may even be, be daring enough to think that they're better equipped than you. And they're looking on you and say, but yeah, how come you say God called you to do this and it's taking so long? To your 21 days past long time. Do not be distracted or discouraged. Look at what Joseph went through as he watched over the dream that God gave him. He was rejected by his brothers and sold into slavery. He was lied on and accused of sexual harassment. He was falsely imprisoned. In prison, after he interpreted the dream of the chief cupbearer, he forgot him. Joseph went through all of this before he could see the manifestation of purpose and his dream come into reality. It was ridicule and rejection that gave birth to the fulfillment of God's purpose in Joseph's life. You too may have to go through that. But when you feel discouraged, remember the story of the booty him. Remember the incubation period. Yours may not be 21 days, it may just be 49 days, but stay the course. So as I close, I want you to remember the four things, the four key things to successfully hatching purpose. One, And four, stay the course. Abraham's life is a good demonstration of what it means to do all these things. Paul's life was a template of suffering for the sake of Christ and brute determination to hatch purpose. And ultimately, Jesus himself is a perfect example of perseverance to hatch purpose, even unto death. Having said all this, what a tragedy it would be if having sat on your eggs, you've laid your eggs and you've sat on your eggs, but they do not hatch. They do not hatch because you're laying unfertilized eggs. Your eggs are not fertilized because you have not had an encounter with God. You have not yielded yourself to allow him to fertilize what he has deposited on the inside of you. He has not fertilized what you were born with. So you are laying eggs, but your eggs carry no life in them. You're chasing after the proverbial dream, but you're feeling unfulfilled. Why? Because you're created by God for his purpose to be fulfilled in you. And until you do, there will be that void. This is an opportunity for you this morning to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And I want you to say this prayer with me, if that is you this morning, recognizing that your lame eggs that are not hatching, recognizing that you're chasing this proverbial dream and, there, and, and there's something that is missing. Say this prayer with me this morning, or whenever it is, you may be listening to a delayed broadcast of this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my life and my heart. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you said that prayer, we welcome you into the family of God. 
And we would love to hear from you. And we would love the opportunity to pray with you. Give us a call at 469-333-0397. Or you can WhatsApp, WhatsApp us at that number. Or you may even send us an email at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. I repeat, 469-333-0397 or newhorizonmin at gmail.com. And we invite you, if you do not yet have a church family, to come and join us. So give us a call, send us a WhatsApp, send us an email, and we'll be more than happy to welcome you. Now, there are some of you who have listened to what I shared this morning, and you're saved. But you too could be laying eggs that do not hatch. You lay fertilized eggs with full potential to develop into chicks. But you're so far from God that you cannot even identify your eggs. You do not know what your egg is. You do not know what you should be guarding. You're not even sitting on your eggs. Or you know, but you find yourself resisting the relocation God is doing to create the best environment for you to hatch your eggs. Or maybe you are in the right environment, but you're struggling to guard your eggs because the predators are fierce. Are you any of those persons this morning? Or maybe it is that you have done all you need to do but your incubation period is longer than 21 days and you're weak. You've suffered, you've plucked out your feathers to create the warmth that your egg needs to hatch. You have been a good incubator, but you are dehydrated, you're tired, and you need to be encouraged as you keep sitting on your eggs waiting for them to hatch. It's hatching season. And I want you to listen carefully to the words of this song that will be played shortly. We're brooding and there is purpose to come forth from our eggs. Let us recognize that for this to happen, God has repositioned or we will reposition us. Where he has repositioned us is exactly where we need to be for him to give life to his purpose in us. It is where we need to be in order to hatch our purpose. God bless you, amen. <laughs>